Yeah. All right. What's up, you guys? What's going on? What is going on? Back with the daily hypersanity. Yes. Or not daily, weekly <laughs> hypersanity. I'm a weakling. But, um, <laughs> volume 25. 25. And we have something special in store for this volume. Alec is like, wow, what the frick are we about to do? So we want to sort of spruce things up and um, we would like to welcome you to our first hyper interview. All right. 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 So um, I just totally mocked you. But um, yeah, welcome to the hyper interview. Um where, you know, we have interviewee and interviewers, either plural or singular, interviewees. and Because let's say we invite somebody on the show, we're both going to interview them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's not going to be or, part of the series. Uh, They're just going to be a guest. True. <laughs> but we can make it that type. Or if it's a reoccurring guest, like somebody who's came onto the podcast before then it could be i mean still a guest relatively but i'm not making a lot of sense huh anyways that's that's okay because we're hyper sane anyway yes. so um this is if we are going to do it that way then hyper interview is or we could just uh, call it's it a dreadful name but uh, uh frick <laughs> you frick you but this is the f- the first of two presenter views. Because that's an even less dreadful name. Presenter view, right. So, you know, views of the presenter. It's a presenter view. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to ask Alex some questions, and he's going to ask, ask nothing to me. I mean, he can if he wants, but he's going to tell me some answers to my questions. And... Um, we're just gonna get this right going, and um, you let's know, uh, quick, quick uh, side note. You know, no same though, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, just shout out to everybody if you want to get hyper interviewed or yeah, Alex. Like, yeah, we're got to turn this off, but <laughs> we want to you know come on the podcast or whatever. Um, Email us at hypersanity at gmail.com or hit us in the DMs. Let us know. You know, we're always welcome. Open arms. But uh, Alex is really trying to hold back. But um, hopefully he doesn't do that for this interview. So let's get it going. All right. So. All right. No here. filter. Let's go. <laughs> no filter. It's never a filter with me, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. My first question as an interviewer to you. That's what you would be, yeah. Um, is what are your pros and cons of interviews? What do you see? What do you, <laughs> what do you see? Just to get like a little icebreaker or something. Like what's, what's like, what's the most, like a positive type of, um, positive thing about an interview and then what's also a negative thing about an interview and your thoughts on just interviews in general you know how do you think an interview should be ran you know what type of questions you know any type of feedback let's hear it i mean i'm no one to judge actually i am but 
Um, Try to keep my composure. Uh, what makes a good interview? I don't know. We don't know. I don't know what makes a good interview, but I know what makes a bad interview question would just be. Where I mean, do you, you see, see a lot of times. ten years? Oh. Well, Which yeah. I was going to ask you that, but I'm mm. glad you told me that one night. You're I mean, like, you can if that. you want, but uh, I would say, yeah, what's a bad interview questions would just be like stuff that's not really a question. Right. Stuff that's like you, you're sort of trying to get an answer. It's a common reporter tactic. Oh, you know, they yeah. always try and instigate shit. Yeah. And everyone catches it nowadays. Yeah, because so, they keep doing it. Right. <laughs> so it, I think it's funny that they do keep doing it. But uh, yeah, that, I don't know, good interview question, something that makes you actually think pretty much mm-hmm. just something that makes you actually take a second before you answer it. If you're able to rattle it off, I mean, it still may be a good one, but yeah. So that was a good question. To make you think. In theory, that was a good question. Right. Because you had, had yeah. to think for a yeah. second. Okay. That's pretty dope. Um, now we might go to like a little, you know, basic, basic, you know what I'm saying? You're Alec. Um, yeah. Um, let's think. What what do we what does the world want to know about you, Alec? That's a was there anything you have to say, you know, about yourself that you want people to know? Or, you know, you want to, like any disclaimers or anything or Well, I guess we uh, we'll go with a current revelation that I I tend to not be so open to new people about showing my intolerance for idiots. <laughs> That's a good one. So, yeah, just know. Yeah, he's on he's on crack watch. So if you if you if you're an idiot right around now, him, so be careful for right now. Cause I'm pushing it right now. <laughs> but he was he was. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, uh, that was it. Yeah, that that I mean, that's one thing. I don't know. It's always really hard to to think of something on the spot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's one thing that you want people to know about you? I don't Tough know, though. because it may not be something that you necessarily want people to know, but like something that people end up knowing about you just from the way that you, you are, are. That's that's good. That is something that you want people to know. So, so maybe you should just let your what don't say anything, you just let whatever you do or say speak for itself. I guess so. Fair. In some way or another. Fair. Okay. And you're currently enrolled in school. Yes. Um, what made you want to go to school? College in general? Well, we'll say college, yeah, because college is more of a choice. Um, well, music did start out. Mm-hmm. Music. Um, yeah, we could go through that a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I've had sort of a, a wild ride through college, which... No pun intended, because he does ride mountain bikes. Yeah. And eights. But, um... Uh, <laughs> two, to be exact. So, uh, you know, the eight train, if you get the jazz reference. Anyways, <laughs> so... Um, 
Yeah, so started out uh, by my buddy, actually, who I went to high school with, was a year ahead of me, um, and he convinced me to audition for the music school that he was attending, uh, which is Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And, um, you know, so I applied to several in-state colleges, you know, Florida State, UF, I think UCF, because everyone applied there, uh, <laughs> sort of a fall, you know, a bunch of fallbacks. I had ended up auditioning for, uh, on trumpet for FSU, but then I had also lined up this, uh, satellite audition for Berkeley, which was, you know, they, they do them all over the country at a certain time of, I think it was, mine was actually pretty late. Um, yeah, it was, it was on my birthday, believe it or not. So it was on my birthday, my last semester of high school and the decisions came out, I think March 31st, my birthday is on the 26th. So only about a month in between. So mine was pretty late in, in respect to a lot of the other uh, auditions around the country. So yeah, two and a half. So ended up doing it, you know, practiced. It was, uh, you know, play a jazz standard, you know, have a track ready, know how many courses you're going to improvise. And then, you know, so play the tune, improvise, play the tune again, and then end it. So I had to, you know, cut, chop a track. So I had that. And then there was a lot of, uh, like a listening stuff. It was like, they would clap a rhythm, and I would have to clap it back. I mean, some of it was, you know, infantile, but when you think about it, it probably weeded out a lot of people. Uh, and so, so yeah, did that. It was like 15 minutes, took two and a half hours to drive there and back home. <laughs> so five hours traveling for 15 minutes. And uh, yeah, ended up getting in. So obviously I was going to go because that's what I wanted to do. Music was huge for me through middle school and high school. So Went there for a year, and um, at the end of the year, sort of started to reevaluate, you know, do I really want to do music? I realized that I wasn't actually as good as some of the other trumpet players, so, you know, it was a bit of a reality check, and uh, at the end of the day, I decided to stop going to Berkeley, uh, but I ended up staying in Boston for the next semester, and I just worked, and I lived with uh, that buddy that convinced me to audition for there. And, um, all the meanwhile, I applied to other schools. And so what I ended up doing at the time was I decided to let me get a fresh start. And so, um, ended up out of the, some of the schools I got into, I ended up going to uh, university of Miami. So I started there the following January. Um, and I went there and from that point, <laughs> that year was sort of a blur because a lot of stuff went downhill. I was doing bad in school. I was living by myself. I didn't really know anyone down there. So it was sort of a dark time for me. Um, and the only thing at that point in time, funny enough, was cycling that kept me sort of, you know, moderately sane. And uh, from that point... Um, I had, my parents had found out that I was doing bad and so came clean about that and they helped me reassess. And so since I knew a lot of people who went to FSU, 
I came up with a plan, found out about uh, the community college's transfer program, and so ended up coming up, uh, living, found a, a place to live, even though it was spring semester, and started at the community college, and then ended up transferring to FSU for engineering, and now, now we're here. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So quite a lot of changes. And also to note, uh, when I was in Miami, I was thinking about doing something medical. Hmm. I didn't know that. So, yeah, but this was an infantile thought at the time. It was just sort of to have some kind of direction. So uh, I was going to do, I think I had declared like microbiology or something. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, just the atmosphere at UM and stuff, it was it was bad. It was huge lecture classes. Couldn't focus. Mm-hmm. I actually took physics for the first time there, failed it. <laughs> Whereas the right. TCC got an A. So that shows you how much that affected it. Uh but yeah. So music to engineering. And I usually leave out the UM part because it's sort of irrelevant in the scheme of things. Not at all, though. I mean, yeah, it's not completely irrelevant, but it obviously forced me to get out of that situation and end up coming here. But other than that, right, it didn't really have any sort of purpose. Right. More than its negative effects <laughs> on right. my life. So, gotcha. Yeah. And now you're, you know, on the tail end of your, your schooling career. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, and definitely not continuing school after that. New way, Jose. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. So, that seems to be a very prominent part of your life going back to uh berkeley you know how how did music sort of you know affect how did working on music how was that for you every day because i know working on something every day is sort of can get very tedious can get very you know mundane in a sense like did that change how you 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 felt about music like just because you were trying to get to that next that was that next level for you, right? You know, other I don't than know. High for, school for that year, at least. Um, the only thing that sort of deterred me a bit was playing. Believe it or not, because I was always getting bothered to you know go out to jazz clubs and just you know sit in, like Watch. play a tune, you know, in front Watch. of just a random crowd. Oh, so in high school, I played a lot of lead trumpet. In the in the jazz big band, it wasn't you know like a small you know quartet or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was just reading music, and I was good at doing that. I could sight read, I could play mm-hmm. high, and that was sort of the end of it. <laughs> um, gotcha. But improvisation was very weak point for me. So going to Berkeley, which is you know where it's you know openly accepted, especially just in the local community. There was a jazz club that everyone would always go to, Smalls, mm-hmm. and you would just go and you could, you know, go up and play a tune and and improvise, and then you know go back and sit down, you know, if you bring your horn, or you could just go to listen. But 
if you were to go to listen, you were with people, they would always try and get you to go okay. and play, you know, to get the exposure. And I understood that, but at the same time, it wasn't something that I was looking to do in the future with it, like improvise and all that crazy stuff. So it's like, mm, yeah, no, that was like the one thing that made me nervous out of all my time there was wow. to have an improvise something that I never really improved upon. Just like I knew theory, I knew stuff, but when it came down to actually utilizing it to play something made up, that wasn't, wasn't for me. So my creativity stopped at about that point. Uh, for playing but so any so I did an ensemble you had to have each semester and obviously in those you know improvisation was a big thing so they try to get you to do that um, just in any of the songs that were played during the classes so I would say it got a little bit better but I was still nowhere near the level of like I would say an average person at that point was for Berkeley um, right um Okay. And so other than that, doing the music stuff every day was great. I mean, we had the schedules there are crazy. You had it was almost like high school. You had like seven or eight classes a semester. And they right. were all really low uh credit wise, like one, two, max three credits, but three credits were usually a, your liberal arts class because it was uh not a school of music, it's a college of music, so they have a liberal arts requirement as opposed to just straight up music. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we had, it was cool. We had a separate class for harmony, separate class for ear training, separate class for arranging. Uh, um, I took an elective that was jazz history. <laughs> um, and there were no, t there were like quizzes, but other than that, and it was crazy. It was uh, actually a trumpet professor that I took private lessons with, which was another class that you had, like a half hour private lesson a week. Mm. Um, trumpet professor that taught that, taught it from memory. Wow. Jazz history. And he, we would have like whole outlines. I think I even still have them. That's just incredibly incredible. detailed stuff. Yeah. yeah. So the dedication, obviously, at this school was there, but... Yeah, I'm probably getting off topic, but uh, yeah, doing music stuff every day, it was great. I learned a lot about harmony and arranging, and I was able to utilize all that pretty well. You know, I made a couple of arrangements that I still have to this day for like small, I remember small you groups. Me yeah, a couple of them, especially yeah, the so. sheet music and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. I have the scores, have the parts. Okay. So yeah. So you said that you know your creativity stopped and you said you knew all the theory i thought that was very interesting do you think maybe because you were somewhat you know you more strong suited towards the theory or like more theoretical that that might have um tampered with your creativity in a sense like knowing too much theory sort mm. of no i would say that in that at that point i didn't know enough yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know how to apply the theory fast enough to move through a song and like read chords and be like, oh, I can play these notes. Okay. And that's good. But like I knew what notes are in a chord. Right. But it was just the speed at which I could process and then put that back through the instrument wasn't there. Gotcha. So, yeah. And then besides that, just a natural like ability to improvise because some people have that and then. Right. Or but, they just have an even better ear and they just. You know, can rather hear, than hear stuff, what's rather coming to them, than, and then put yeah. it through the horn. So 
it was just that connection of like being able to hear what I wanted to play and then putting it through the horn. I never really, never really got that. But see, that's what I was asking, like mm. the theory thing, you know, because I feel like, or not really more of the theory, but more of like understanding the structure of like how music and stuff goes and chords and whatnot. Maybe that could have took away from, you know, like you, you in your head, let's say hypothetically, you're playing something and you're like, I don't want to play this note because it's going to sound bad type of thing. Because I know by theory or by I know by whatever, that's going to sound bad. So it sort of hinders you from not hmm. playing that. You get what I'm saying? That's what I was mainly hinting uh, at. Maybe, but you know what they say is there's no wrong notes. I mean, there are definitely, but... Um, but see, that's you... But if you gloss over it enough... You can sort of work it in, but there, there are ways to play wrong notes in improv for sure. Um, mm. But yeah, I, it just it just never really clicked. Okay. Honestly, I don't think it was necessarily the theory holding me back. I think it was just my ability to come up with things mm -hmm. just out of the blue, pretty much. Gotcha. Or in the context of a song. Gotcha. And some of it may have come is that I, you know, was only in my infancy of uh, studying, like, uh, or transcribing, like transcribing previous, you know, like greats, solos mm -hmm. and stuff. Because I know that that helps a lot. So you develop sort of a repertoire right. of, you know, licks and, and different things like that. All right. Um, so I hadn't really got too much of a chance to do that since, you know, I was more focused on just actually playing the music that was there mm -hmm. in front of me. So gotcha. maybe if I had stayed at Berkeley longer, I would have gotten better, but okay, it definitely would have been tough because I was not on track by the end of the first year. You ran on track? I mean, uh, yeah, like playing level. Because like, uh, we were uh, like graded on our ability to improvise and, and things like that, so... I was, you know, a little bit subpar from where I should have been, but you know, happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one more sort of question towards that mm -hmm. aspect. Do you think you were living up to your fullest potential at the school and if so, or if not, why, why weren't you? Like, do you think you were giving it all your your all to to be the best player you could be, or was there anything that was sort of stopping you outside? That I mean, that can be confidential, but I would say I probably didn't put as much effort forward playing as I could have. You know, I could have just thrown myself out there and you know gone to the clubs, played, just forced myself to do it, but. Uh -huh. um, Yeah, I would say I would say I wasn't there for long enough to really know because mm. in some ways I was still adjusting. Short I hadn't lived. even declared a major yet because you don't do that until your third semester or second year. So I sort of was just there, you know, trying to work up. Plus, I didn't have the opportunities yet really because my playing level was low. You get you get a rating there of your playing level, wow. and so because of that, 
uh, you have there are some limits as to like the ensembles you can join and things. So, you know, the two ensembles that I was in weren't particularly interesting. You know, they were what they what were called mixed styles, and so we would play a whole jumble of stuff, and you would have, uh, like the ensemble would be. I think my second semester it was me, a guitar player, a bass player, a drummer, a saxophone player. Uh, a um, a mallet instrument player. It you know it was just based on your level, and it was you end up playing a whole bunch of different styles of music, and it, none of it really makes sense. <laughs> it's all it's all a bit weird, right? Um, so I was never I hadn't got to the point where you know I got my rating up so that I could play in like say like a funkadelic ensemble or something that really was interesting or that I wanted to play in or that, you know, was your technicalities weren't there yet to get to that. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Very specifically in like improv really is Mm -hmm. what held me back because Mm -hmm. a lot of the ensembles pretty much require, you know, that you do it at some point because they're not, you know, they're not big. They had like big bands and stuff, but you had to be, you know, like up there in the ratings. Right. So. Hmm. But yeah. Interesting. Okay. But yeah. Oh, the, and the way they did the ratings was pretty much like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So it was like by semester. So they're saying like, oh, if you come in, I think mine was, I think mine was like a four. Eight. So I was a four. Eight being good. Eight being like you're at the level of a person about to graduate. Okay. So pretty much, you know, by that scale. So, you know, there were people that came in that were like fives. So they came in starting at like a junior level already in their... So the rating system made sense, honestly. Basically like saying like you you are this... You're in your first semester, but you can play as if, you know, you're in your fifth. Second, yeah, okay. So I was at four, which was reasonable, but all the good stuff really started at like five. And you could get waived to get in, but you'd have to know like a professor to to do it. So, huh. yeah. I don't know if they've changed that since then. I mean, that was, geez, six, six years ago. So, and I know that they've even, they merged with Boston Conservatory Shortly after I had left, okay, actually in like the next couple of years, which is uh, was like dance and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like School a fine arts. Yeah, so they merged, and now it's just called Berkeley College. Yeah, oh. no, just Berkeley. Oh. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. Sort of segueing into you know a more. I would say a more personal question, more personality question, going off of the uh, the improv thing, sort of spawned another question. Um, do you think you're more of a organized person, or do you sort of think you're a more spontaneous person, yeah, just in mm. general? I would and say what, that I used to be uh, more organized. I was still somewhat flexible, but I liked things to be planned out. I would say that now, I would say that I'm a good mix of both. If, if things, things can be planned out, I'll plan them out. But 
I would say I'm not as organized as I used to be. Okay. For sure. And part of that is because I'm not doing as much, mm-hmm. say, like in high school, I was really organized. So I was doing school, band, and tennis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to make sure my schedule was good and all the extracurricular stuff and all sure, that. And so, you know, it was organized. And then obviously I still made time for, you know, doing whatever, goofing off. Right. But, um, but yeah, now it's, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily develop as many like plans, like even going through the day, I'll just be like, Oh, I'll do this now. And Oh, okay. I need to get that done. So I'll go ahead and do that. Gotcha. I don't wake up in the morning, write a list out and say, okay, this one I'm going to get done. Maybe the night before I'll be like, yeah, I should probably do this and that tomorrow. And then at some point during the day, I'll get them done if there's no time constraint. Um, but I won't be like, yeah, I need to get this done by 11. And then I'm going to do this until one and then take a break. And then, yeah, I, can't, I couldn't be that regimented. Mm-hmm. If I had to, I probably could, but. Okay. Yeah. So did that, do you think that sort of applied to your decision to go to Miami? After Berkeley? Or like that, what applied? Like maybe the house bond. you saying you can't be very organized or you, you know, or just. Oh, no. The, the did reason, you have a plan or like how organized is your plan going to Miami or like did you have a thought process like, okay, I'm going to do boom, boom. Yeah, boom, my boom. thought process going to Miami, I mean, was that I was going to finish out there, of course, at the time. Right. Um. But I had it was really between uh, Miami and Boston College, so I had said, sorry. "Oh, let me apply to somewhere here," and or Boston University. Sorry, Boston University. Boston College is is like way out. Um, but yeah, Boston University, so public university, um, and that was, I mean, right right down the road. Basically, they had a a their campus was really long like down one of the main roads, just a super long stretch. But in my head, I was thinking, yeah, I, because I knew how the music scene was up there and, you know, I was with my buddy and I was just like, yeah, I think that I need to change the scenery in order to actually change my track and what I'm doing, which in hindsight, I think it would be interesting to know how it would have gone if I stayed in Boston, still being around all that stuff, maybe it would have motivated me to, you know, do the other things or would it have distracted me? I don't know. But at the time, it seems like I was thinking it would distract me. So, yeah. So I wanted to, you know, start a new, completely new location and new direction. Okay. Interesting. And the Miami Times, you, you referenced as more of a dark time. Yeah. Did you have any sense of like, okay, it's going to get better or you just knew? Because I feel like there's a lot of situations where you throw, like a person will be like, yeah, I know I'm in this sort of rough patch right now, but I know it's going to get better. Like I might as well tough it out. Or, I mean, obviously you didn't, but was there a point in time where you thought you would be able to? I did after my, uh, well, actually I'm trying to remember. Was it first semester? I don't know a lot. I don't obviously. I don't think about it a lot. So some of it, I <laughs> sort of forget the timeline. But I think my second semester went more downhill. 
but like the first semester wasn't too hot. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I just worked over the summer a little bit there. And um, yeah, second semester came around and I was like, all right, we're going to go in. And it just, the motivation wasn't there. The stuff that I was studying wasn't interesting. I wasn't understanding the classes. I think I had like, man, what was I taking? Like medical sociology did terrible. Actually, I missed the first, the second exam in that class. I missed it. Wow. Uh, I think I slept through it. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was the be the first of two times that I was to do that. Uh, and... Yeah, so that like was particularly uninteresting. It was like an eight-person class. We sat at a conference table in a room. It was really bizarre. Yeah, with the teacher there, and so it was like really interactive. But I didn't know shit. So uh, that, and then I think I first attempted Calc two there as well. Ended up withdrawing from that because <laughs> this teacher was like some crazy mathematician. I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I had two other classes, but yeah, it was, it was just weird. Mm. It was a weird time. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, yeah. And I think it was just the whole situation. It wasn't even just school. It was just, you know, being there, knowing no one, just feeling disconnected mm-hmm. <laughs> in general. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. And you said the only thing that sort of kept you in it was uh, bike riding. Yep. Those were the the few people that I knew. Okay. We'd go on like group rides every week and would go on, you know, just a ride by myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, super nice to ride down there. Super nice. Go out to Key Biscayne over Mm -hmm. the bridge. Beautiful. I'd go back there just to ride, honestly. It was great. But, um, yeah, that was about it. So, you know, only once or so a week I would end up connecting with these people. And then right back to... Yeah, right back to reality. All right. There goes gravity. Anyways. Okay, so biking is a prominent thing in your life now that has returned. How did you get introduced to biking? What made you... Uh, when I went to Miami, I got a fixed gear to okay. ride a class. Oh, okay. And that's when you were... Okay. Yeah. So that's that's when I got that. And so I either did that or rode the bus. And I mean, I had a car there, but didn't use it no that point. often, except to go home. Mm. Um, but yeah. So I started with a fixed gear, ended up getting a road bike while I was there. And... Uh, now my buddy owns that road bike because I sold it to him. Still uses it to this day. So glad to know that it, it lives on. <laughs> right. Um, Something from Miami lives on. Right. Not my soul, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that part of my soul got left there, but... For the better. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that got me into biking. And glad to be back into it. Okay. For sure. And then you mentioned TCC and going to FSU. So what was going through your head 
in that time, like getting ready to transition over to the Tallahassee area, you know, where you're at now. Well, uh, the fact that I knew a lot of people from high school that were here. You said that. Okay. So, so that was a positive. Uh, and from what I knew, the location was, you know, pretty good. And I got, you know, I got a nice spot to live. Little did I know it would turn out into a shit show. Um, but the location was good. And it was right by TCC. So it was like a two-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the goal was just sort of to get to FSU and I mean, the good thing is that along the way made a bunch of friends, <laughs> including you, you know, a bunch of other people met, met through a group and yeah, it's good. It's very good. Yeah. History from there. Of course. Always. Okay, so looking back, would you have considered, would you have thought you would have made all these different, like before going to college, would you have thought you would have made all these different sort of turns and shifts into your, you know, just because no, you're an organized person back then? Uh, not necessarily, because the biggest misconception leaving high school is that you will go to college, hit four years, and then leave. Mm. I would say out of anything in life, that's the biggest misconception. It is. Because, well, for one, now a community college, I would say, is a much bigger entity. And, you know, places doing the program of like, hey, you can go here, get all of your bullshit classes done that have nothing to do with your major and then and save money and then go to a major university where you have already had two years in sort of a cross between high school slash college atmosphere uh-huh. and know what you want to do by then and then just do it. Two years, bam, done. So, yeah, that definitely is the biggest, you know, I'm 25 graduating college. You know, usually most people do it by... 22 or even 21 if you're one of those so yeah i just don't think it's uh because people are going to change their mind and especially at that time in your life coming out of high school you really have no idea who the fuck you are to be honest it's very true (laughs) maybe some people do but in my experience a lot of people that i've known since high school are doing or are something way different than they were then so hence now you're right so yeah yeah that's a big one okay very intriguing (laughs) very intriguing okay um that's uh yeah trying to come up with a question not going (laughs) back but uh we're just gonna keep talking so um Take a sip. Yeah. Yeah, take a sip. So, Wet my palate. <laughs> all right. So um, are there any other hobbies that you used to have that you dropped off? I mean, tennis, I would consider, was a hobby. Okay. Um, when was the last time you played tennis? It's been years. Like, for 
since you stepped foot on a tennis court. Yeah, because I remember I did. So two years after high school, which would have been 2015, I remember a buddy of mine uh, back home got me to play this small club, uh, you know, for fun doubles tournament with him. I had not touched a racket in two years. All right. Let me tell you, that's enough to forget a lot. But the motions sort of come back, but it's just it's still not the same. Like yeah. you, you can go in with that confidence, like yeah, my my swing and my strokes can be exactly the same. But then you end up hitting the ball and it goes fucking rogue. Yeah, it's a different, and it's like oh okay, because you just yeah, you're just not used to to doing it. Moving you lose. Like that. Yeah, it's not like riding a bike in that, that muscle you, memory. You still have the motions, but like you can't really do it. Um, yeah, so I did that, and I think since then I haven't touched it. Do so five on? years. Do you plan on ever? Maybe. Maybe play tennis one day. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know though. I can I can foresee mountain biking overtaking uh, tennis. Tennis. Okay. Because I mean, you still are. You're definitely as active, you know, doing it. It's pretty, pretty physical. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Maybe I'll pick up a racket again at some point. That's wild. Five years. Did yeah, you I even think, it's think been... to play or you were just like, or didn't, just didn't even think about it? It just sort of hasn't even, yeah. Wow. Dang. Crazy how things sort of change to where it's like, that you know yeah. like something you really freaked with now it's just like mm. that's how it goes that's how it goes things come and go in, in phases it's very true as long or short as they may be it's very true okay even if it's something lifelong I mean that's still technically just a phase so of course of course because I mean we're nothing's eat infinite mm-hmm. or eternal mm. okay so I might as well hit you with a cliche what do you think you'll be doing in the next couple of years in the next couple of years dang what do I think I'll be doing or what would I like to be doing both what do you really what do I think do? I'll be doing I have no idea Hopefully working for someone. <laughs> Where will I be? That's just as good a question. <laughs> Very. Um, what would I like to be doing? I'd like to be working with bikes for sure. That is my goal at this point. But um, if that can't happen, I guess hopefully something with engineering just to you know stay on my feet. You know, have a nice platform, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird to think about actually where I might be in five years because I ha- haven't the slightest clue. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, you don't. Who would have thought this virus is gonna happen? I mean, just to go there. Sure, maybe people predicted it four years ago, but. 
to actually know that it was going to happen. I mean, it's almost yeah, right. the same thing, like saying, oh, like, I mean, it's going to happen. But, you know, when it does, you're still going to be surprised. Right. You're like, oh, shit, it is. It really is happening. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I. Even if I were to predict, I wouldn't want to, to do so. Not that I would necessarily get let down if it didn't happen, but just to not, you know, throw anything on the table. Mm-hmm. Just see where I am five years. Five years from now, I can look back and be like, dang. They're looking at Wouldn't have guessed that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is <laughs> As opposed to looking forward, be like, oh, in 10 years, I'm going to be here. Then you get there and you look 10 years back, be like, well, that's crazy. I thought it was going to be here. Like, oh. wow, that's interesting not mm. so huh. and like, there, it's oh, crazy to think that like eight years ago i was in high school i mean geez keywords that's eight. a l- long long time ago yeah. seven technically but about to be eight yeah it will be eight soon huh. if there was one thing you could say to your past self what would you say yeah i'm, I'm coming with a tip uh, Um, you don't have to answer. <laughs> oh, man. I would say, uh, I would say, don't be afraid to be different. No, that's a joke. I had to come with a joke because it popped in. But um, <laughs> Logic would be proud. Yeah. Bobbert. Yeah, Bobbert would be proud. I don't know. Who is Logic? Um, so, hmm. What would I say to myself? I would probably just say, like, don't be afraid to explore, like, different options. Because it definitely becomes ingrained. Like, if you end up changing your mind, you know, there's... It's like, oh, my God! Right. Like, when I made the decision to stop at Berkeley, like, that was big. I was like, yeah, I don't don't know. Very scary. You know, especially to tell the parents and, you know, all that. There, It's because I think... You know, out of my parents, you know, they, they both did the four years and, and done, right? right? And I feel like it maybe was a lot more common back in the day. Yeah, Actually, times. I take that back. Uh, um, father did business very briefly and then switched to engineering. Mm-hmm. But, um, but other than that, no blips straight through. So I think just from that, and for a lot of people, you know, it becomes ingrained you know, there's this path. It's like you do all the school, you add some more school at the end, which is college, and then you go off into life. But as you can see, that's not how it always happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything. I would just, I would say that, just, you know, don't, don't, don't hold back with your ideas about, you know, changing your direction. Just do it because more than likely to, you know, turn out better than if you hold off from, you know, that thought that you have. Yeah, because you're just thinking of more bad stuff that could happen. 
as well. Right. Or you end up just sticking with the path that you're on because it seems like it may stay stable when it, you know, might just implode. So. Okay. Could you ever picture picture yourself not going to school? Not going to school at all? At college? Mm. Only if something else happened to, like, kick itself off. Like? Like, say it was to be even better at tennis. <laughs> Try and make that into a career. Maybe take a couple of years to do that. And even then, could always go back to school right. or, you know, something different. Um, but, yeah, I would have had to have something going, mm. probably, to not go to school, which was, you know, just the way it was raised. So I think a lot of it comes from that, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Did you have any like outlandish dreams? I mean, we all have those outlandish dreams in our childhood. Were any more prominent than others? Hmm. I don't know. If I did have outlandish dreams, I don't really remember many of them or any of them. Uh, I def I mean, I definitely at one point thought it'd be cool to just continue playing tennis. Yeah. I was a huge fan when I was going through high school, would go to tournaments, you know, play in tournaments, go to watch tournaments, watch pros, you know, watch on TV all the time. Right. Um, that and then music as well. I mean, music was was a dream. So when I got into into school to do that, you know, that was the first step. I was like, oh dang, this is crazy. Okay. But then the reality hit. So that that was definitely more of a dream. But I just didn't really know what I wanted to do with music. Gotcha. Was the main issue. So okay. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I think if I knew I wanted to produce music at that time, I would have stuck with it. Stayed there four years, done music production, engineering, gotten a degree in that, and then who knows what from there. All right. Maybe landed an internship, end up doing that. Mm-hmm. But just at that time, you know, I wasn't super into the electronic production or on my computer and stuff. Yeah. It was more just playing. Mm. So, yeah. Now, you are a producer. What, what made you, what made you get into that and what's, what's like the biggest, well, we'll start with that. What made you get into, you know, producing? I remember I opened up GarageBand and tried to, um, like reproduce some tracks when I was in Miami, Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, it wasn't until wasn't until I was in Tallahassee that I reopened. You know, that. picked it up again. Ended up uh, ended up getting Logic, and then really getting Logic uh, later. <laughs> but you know, had Logic, had that at my disposal. Started making trash, and yeah, just sort of messing around with it because I had free time to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see that as a prominent thing in your life, like producing? 
Yeah, it was. It definitely hasn't been as much recently or within like the past year or so, but mm-hmm. uh, starting to come back. I mean, it's still there, still have the somewhat ability, um, but the creativity isn't fully back yet. So mm. if I get there again, then I may may pick it up again more seriously, but... Gotcha. For right now, it's sort of still in limbo. So I guess we'll sort of wait and see what happens mm-hmm. after the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah, we who will. knows how the mindset will change at that point mm-hmm. with the with no stress of school. Mm-hmm. It's could transcend. I will transcend. Yeah. How much? <laughs> Find out. <laughs> how do you think you you? Uh, react you know the first day when you finally come down from that transcending that school is done what do you how do you think you'll you like what do you think your thoughts will be like like okay well done with school now boom like do you want to find a new hobby or do you (laughs) want to what's what do you think it's probably gonna take a day but i will definitely switch focus back to trying to get a job because i mean it's got to happen in some respects or an internship or something okay obviously it's not the best time to get one so probably gonna have to work twice as hard but at least there's not a whole lot to think about in respect to that sort of just doing it yeah so that'll be something to fill the time i would assume that i spend a lot more time on the bike outside being free and really from the indoors, because it's about the only place I've been right now. And, yeah, mindset, I would imagine that I sleep better. Um, I would imagine that I don't have a lot going on in my head. Or or I'm sure that things will start taking over, like, oh, i got to move out of here and however long, and right. stuff like that will slowly creep in. But I'm sure it'll be about a good week that I just become like a vegetable in my brain waves yeah. and just sort of go with emotions. So. Mm. Okay. I just had a question and it sort of slipped. Mm. But, um, okay. Uh, is there any type of new things you like to get into? Any type of new ideas or a new type of like a new hobby or any type of new mindset you want to get into lately or too busy to to think in that way i just want to get a lot better at mountain biking okay that's pretty much it learn skills on the bike how to bunny hop better how to manual how to wheelie okay all Hmm. useful stuff for doing it how to jump Already failed that once, so uh, it was a bit too ambitious. In I mean, looking but you back went for it, it, though. You're spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad choice. Long, long recovery because <laughs> apparently I have a frail ass body at the moment. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just from those eights, man. <laughs> I'm just a broken person. Broken so. man. Yeah, yeah, definitely want to get better at that. Mm. 
I would like to build a uh, manual machine, basically just like a thing out of wood, but you can sort of teaches you how to balance back up on one wheel without having to actually be like rolling, Mm. which I mean, attempting a manual isn't, uh, it isn't necessarily dangerous because you just roll back too far. You just take your feet off and stand up pretty much, (laughs) you know, bike just goes whoop. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just being able to, and also track standing because I can't do that either. I just need to get my balance better. Track standing? Really, yeah, track stand. So like where you just literally are standing on the bike oh. still, basically. Oh. It's, yeah, it's pretty tough. It is. Yeah, so. Huh. So, yeah, just getting better at those skills. Okay. Basically. Huh. Dang. Um, I just had a question and. Skipped again? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Oh, wow. What's the time looking like? Okay. Well, that, that's a good, decent. But I got like two more, quite, or like one more sort of topic. Okay. You know, sort of to close out. How do you feel about this podcast, Hypersanity? And. What were your expectations going into it? What were my expectations? Well, seeing as this wasn't the original podcast idea, my expectations before it were a little bit different because it was going to be more of a shoot the shit kind of kind of deal, which this sort of is in, in some ways. Uh, but yeah, it was just sort of to get the the new ideas out there, the new views just to, to put them out there for, for people to hear. And, you know, if, if nothing else, then just to have it on record, like, wow, we did that. Yeah. You did that. And and it's something to do. It's something to, to de-stress. It's, uh, it's something to look forward to. It's a constant, um, Even though it's not constant, because you know the topics aren't right, but just doing it, yeah, you know, just it doing a, the cast, yeah. So, yeah, like actual expectations. I don't know if I had any specific ones. Yeah. I just hope that uh, you know more people find it interesting and end up listening. I would like more people to hear it for sure. I feel yeah. like that's what anyone who does a podcast, you know, sort yeah, of wants is just people to hear it and enjoy it enjoy okay. the content huh. so so yeah okay i would say it's that's pretty much it i think i think that we're doing a good job i think that we have a pretty good pretty good audience for the moment for being new for not having any type i don't of- know the tools or i don't know something lack thereof for for marketing Experience. and whatnot, getting yeah. it out there, but uh, it, it's hard to do. Very, it's hard to do. So, very. So yeah, we'll just keep doing it. Build up a library, and I mean that's that's the best way to do it. Just uh-huh. just like music. Once you have a bunch of music, you know, there's stuff for people to pick and choose from. There I'm sure is. that some of these casts, you know, may hit, some others may not. Same goes for anyone doing a podcast, honestly. Or so really anything. 
Some, some's going to hit, some's not. Right. It all depends on the person. Hmm. So. Okay. Well, that concludes this interview with Alec. Thank you. Hmm. And, um, yeah. Hopefully you're not feeling dead inside, boy. I was holding my frame for the good part. You know, I was <coughs> keeping my composure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just try to do something different. But um, hopefully I was sort of intriguing. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. This has been the presenter view part one, part two coming in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I mean. It's going to be fun. Do we even talk about what we have planned in store on the podcast? Like next volume, we got some real special in store for you. Oh, types. We don't even do that. Should we? I mean, we can plug it now. We sort of have the next three laid out. We do. And they're going to be. So uh, you tw- might like them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about 26, but. Six. Yeah. 26 is going to be. Uh, Very well, interesting. It's uh, 26, a meaningful number between the two of us. And uh, yeah, we're going to review. Ah, don't, we'll, just, we'll just come in. All right. I guess we'll we're not going to tell it. what Let's, that is. But 27 it, is going to be. We can uh, tell 27. It's going to be Kamari's. Uh, Kamari's going to be the inter- interviewee. I'll try my best to come up with the questions, even though I'm ass at it. And. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, 28, uh, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a fucking party. <laughs> it's a magical number too. Yeah. That's a meaningful number for us. Funny enough, that will be, uh, actually, no, that, that won't be, that will be, that will be a week. That will be the weekend after it's been a week that I will have been done with school. school. So after that week of nothingness for me, which which I talked about, then then yeah, we can mention it. Uh Get the the full. Anyways, full. Let's not say the full um, disclosure. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, yeah. A lot of looking forward to. A lot, a lot to look forward to. And um, you know, like I said. Like we said before, email us, hit us up. Got any questions, concerns? You know, if you want to know more. And um, yeah, I mean, till then, you can do the honors. Stay, all right. Stay ever sane.